Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband, NGM Zach. And I am your wife and player, Diana. And today, we are beginning our playthrough of Ross Cowman's Fall of Magic. How are you doing, my darling? I'm good. I'm excited. I've played this game before. This is a game I feel like I know how to play well. And my favorite thing about this game is there's no GM. You get to play it too. Yes, I said I was the GM, but we are uh, doing another GMless game. We're also doing another probably gonna be sad game. Probably. Which I know we said last week that we would not do that. Um, but then we decided to play Fall of Magic. This game is very, very good. It's kind of hard to pass up the opportunity to play it. And so you're just getting an overload of sad. But that's okay, because sad is happy for deep people. It's also a very good game. You didn't get it. I know. I got it. I just was ignoring it. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to address that quote? Because I have feelings about that quote. I know you do. It's a Doctor Who quote. That's the end of that. (laughs) Dang it. Now I'm thinking about that damn quote. It's a good quote. We are playing Fall of Magic. This is a very, very good game. I first played it at PAX Unplugged, uh, at the first PAX Unplugged, and then you played it at the next PAX Unplugged. I did, with our friend and editor and producer, Zach B. Mm -hmm. And we are playing Zach B's copy. So thank you, Zach B, for lending us your copy of Fall of Magic to play today. This is a traveling vignette game where we travel across a map and have scenes as our characters. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it is. Uh, Every location that you go to has a couple prompts. You choose a prompt that interests you and you set a scene. It could just be a very quick description of what happens to your character in that scene. You could employ roleplay as sees fit. Um, But really, you're just kind of going through and you're discovering these characters and their journey. And that's about it. It's on a beautiful screen-printed cloth scroll. uh, And I'm very excited to play. Me too. And this is Fall of Magic. Magic is dying and the Magus is dying with it. We travel together to the realm of Umbra, where magic was born. I am Vago, the Raven of Ravenhall. And I am Fawn, the Giant of Mistwood. Do we want to describe our characters? How much do we want to get into, or do we just want to go to our first scene? How about, no, let's go to our first scene, and then you can describe yourself in the first scene. Okay. I am going to go to the scrying pool. There is a massive tower in Ravenhall where at the top of the tower is this um, very shallow reflective pool. And we, the camera is there overlooking the scrying pool. And, and the magus is there. I have an idea for what I'd like to do with our Magus this time. I have zero ideas. Okay. Every game I've played of the Maga, uh, of Fall of Magic, the Magus has ended up being an older woman. I kind of want the Magus to be a young boy in this game. Ooh, that's different. Okay. Oh, that's super sad that he's dying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Um, So the Magus is there, and the Magus is uh, a young boy, and his hair is, I think, like braided down his back. No, I don't like that. I think his hair is cut short. 
um, in like a bob. Uh, and he is speaking with his attendants and the people who like see to him. I think he's like new to being a Magus. Mm-hmm. There are these great big stone windows on this floor. Suddenly there is a dark shadow in one of the windows and it is a massive black bird. The bird lands on the windowsill and with a sweep of its wings, uh, its wings become a fine black cape. And there is a young man standing on the windowsill uh, with this fine black cape. Um, and he steps down and he is Vago. He is a court magician in service of the Magus. Nowhere, nowhere near as powerful as the Magus. Uh, I think he like... Sp- specializes in uh like i think he's a traveler he brings news to people and he is very extra which is why he has appeared in the tower this way so you've created a bard yes do you want to play the magus in this scene i can try to yeah um so vago has appeared in the window Mm -hmm. and like and steps down um, and starts walking around the scrying pool to the Magus, um, who has uh, been talking with his attendants. And I, uh, I think, I think Vega walks up and, with like a flourish of his cape, uh, bows deeply to the young Magus mm-hmm. um, and rises up and says, um, "Young Magus, I heard that you requested my attendance today. I must say, I am." so very honored to be here with you to see you that is correct i did ask you to attend today thank you for your quick response in coming would you give me a moment and then he sends his attendants away is it just vago and the magus now yes yeah okay um vago's like what's it called when a bird like ruffles its feathers and like tries to like posturing like, like preening yeah like yeah vega's like preening like very like oh it's just me and the young magus all oh, fantastic vega's like 22 okay the young magus grabs vega's hand and uh leads him to the scrying pool and kind of stands on the edge away from the facing away from the scrying pool looking at you and asks why do you think i've called you here today well i know that there's much talk in the city about uh, the the uh casting magic and how casting magic has become unreliable as of late i'm very lucky to have some artifacts that are still working fine but I presume that you wanted me to send a message somewhere about the the issues that we've been having in Raven Hall. You are half right. I've called for you to come here because we are going to go on a journey together. And I'm going to need you and your traveling expertise on this journey. Oh, well, I'm afraid that I'm no good at carrying passengers magus i i don't know if i can fly you to where you need to be no 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 you misunderstand i simply am asking that you accompany me on this journey as i 
try to address the issue of the casting magic and the issues that we've been having with magic and casting Will as of late. your attendance and the high magicians not be coming with you? Well, are they not? They have duties here that they must attend to. How how old is the Magus, do you think? You said he was young. I'm picturing nine or ten. Oh, shit. Wow, he's talking very adult. Yeah. Okay. He's the fucking Magus. <laughs> like, it's probably a, something that he's trained for for a long time, but he probably just got the title of, and it's a big weight to be on his shoulders. Yeah. Can we up that to, like, 10, 11? For some reason, that barrier feels, like, significantly different. Wait, you actually work with children. Mm-hmm. What grade is that? I can do grades better than I can do. Um, 9, 10 could be third, fourth grade. 10, 11 fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, can we do fourth, fifth grade? Yeah. Uh, I say, um, of course, young Magus, I'm happy to do whatever it is that you need of me. Where are we going? We're just going over to... Nope, that's not how he would say. No, that is actually how he's he's ten or eleven. Like he's gonna have these moments of maturity and these moments of immaturity. He's like, oh, we're just going over to Umbra. Oh, Umbra, the fabled source of all magic, Umbra. At this point, he's getting very angry. I deal with ten year olds. I know how this works. <laughs> you don't have to come if you don't want to. No, no, no. Uh, it would be truly an honor of me, uh, to join you. I would, I would be more than happy to. Will it just be you and I? No. There will be a party of us going. It will not be a very big party. Very well. Whatever I can do to help and serve you and the magic of Ravenhall, I am happy to do. Thank you. And I think Vago uh, stands up um, and says, um, if that is all? That is all. You may send in my attendance. Very well. <laughs> Which means that he can't fly out right if he needs to go into the other room to like get the attendance so i think vago like opens up the door and like glances back at the magus one last time and the magus i think is already like distracted with whatever he's viewing in the scrying pool Mm -hmm. and uh vago closes the door behind him um and i think kind of like looks at the floor in a sense of i don't know what i'm doing and then goes to the attendance and Sends them back. I think that's my scene. Fawn is at the menagerie. And the menagerie is a greenhouse-type building. And, like, its walls and ceilings are all glass. And inside the menagerie are magical artifacts. Artifacts that give off magic and help increase magic. And they are in the shape of living things in the world. So you might pick up a small uh, leaf made out of marble, or you might pick up a crystal deer or something. There's, It's just a kind of hodgepodge of things created out of stone, crystal, and glass and, and stuff. They give off magical energy and feed magical energy, and they are in the shape of living things. And this is essentially like a Greenhouse art showcasing of them is what it is. And Fawn is walking around, which is difficult because she is 7'5". She's a little bit on the bigger side. If you have heard the Farrier's Bellows troll babes, she is a troll babe, essentially, in size. Okay. So she's not like a massive giant, but she's tall. She's bigger than humans. 
And so she's walking around, which is difficult for her, but she's walking around the menagerie and she comes across a large tree sculpture. It's very large. It takes up a whole corner of this building. And the tree itself is carved from some very colorful, precious stone. But the tree carving has carvings in it of different animals and different scenes of stuff. It's it's a very large, ornate So it's like the piece. tree at Disney World. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very large, very ornate. Um, and she comes up onto it and she kind of sees her reflection. Um, she's tall enough that she is essentially as tall as this tree. Mm-hmm. And she sees all seven feet and five inches of her kind of reflected back at her. She is on the grounds because she is a worker. Um, she's so big that they use her essentially like a pack mule or as a like an ox to like move stuff, which is not uncommon for giants. But this is something that she's kind of elected to do. She's here with the Magus on purpose. She's chosen to follow the Magus. And she's kind of devoted her life to it. And as she's seeing her reflection in this tree, she kind of places her right hand on it. And she's sort of transported back to the first moment she became aware of magic, which was also the last time she became aware of magic and the last time that she saw it. And she happened to be working in a field in a quarry. She happened to be working in a quarry where they were mining some of the stone to make these artifacts. Mm-hmm. And the previous Magus was there. Oh, and interesting. one of her giant friends um, became injured from a rock slide. And the previous Magus went over and healed her friend. So her friend didn't die, didn't have any serious injuries, but Fawn watched the previous Magus, like, die in front of her. The Magus walked away. He didn't die. But it very clearly healing this giant took energy and life force from the Magus. Okay. And this was only two years ago. And shortly after that, the new Magus was chosen, the young boy that we have now. And, or not chosen, but presented so we don't know what happened to the last Magus, and we don't know kind of the process there. All right. So the last Magus died about two years ago. We don't know that they died, but she saw she saw what looked like him dying from saving her giant friend. And she assumes that he is dead okay. and that this new Magus has kind of taken over that role. Okay. That's what she assumes. And because she, that was the her her real first time encounter with magic and the last time she saw it she not only became fascinated with magic but became but felt like she was indebted to the magus not this person really close to her that the magus saved yeah i think so i know i was saying it's a friend but let's say it was a mom it was her mother yeah let's say it was her mom actually instead um she feels indebted to the magus and so she has come to Raven Hall to help the Magus in whatever way that she can. And so this is kind of like a memory flashback for her, mm-hmm. for why she's here. Um, and she takes her hand off of the tree and walks out 
of the menagerie towards the scrying pool. I am going to go to the bridge. Your face in the river is the prompt. We see Vago. Do I like Vago or do I like Vago better? I like Vago better. It's Vago then. It's Vago. Okay. Vago is standing on the bridge, and this is a uh, this is the massive, beautiful stone bridge that leads uh, west. No, leads east out of Ravenhall. This is the way that you get out of Ravenhall, really. Um, and it crosses this huge, beautiful river. And Vago is sitting on the on the ledge as, as people walk by with oxes and, and things. Massive traffic in and out of the city. Uh, and he's just sitting on the stone, looking down into the river as the river uh, runs beneath him. And he has black hair that's um, tied up in a bun at the back of his head, except for like a a string, um, like a a thread of hair that falls uh, in front of his face. Um, And he's, he's clean shaven. And he is here waiting for the Magus and the rest of the party who... He has not met yet? Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> has he met Fawn yet? I don't know. Okay. Then you, you can decide. All right. Yeah, he hasn't met Fawn yet. I think he has some sort of magic. I think he has like a magic coin um, in his hand. Uh, it's just like a simple charmed coin that he plays with. He runs it across his fingers um, and he, he can make it. No. It's not actually magically charmed. He just knows coin tricks. Oh, okay. Um, so he's just uh, making this coin dance in his hands and making it disappear and making it, like, move into the other hand. And it's all sleight of hand. It's not real magic. Um, it's just something that he learned how to do. And he waits for the others to join him. And we can end the scene there. I don't know if you want to do them meeting up or if we can just skip that or whatever you want to do you have another scene in Ravenhall I do not have another scene that I want to do then you move the Magus I know but I don't know if I want to move the Magus why not I don't like moving the Magus it's too much pressure um the whole team meets up it's Fawn it's Vago it's the Magus and it's a few other um, people, this party is no bigger. I think than... it's just us. Oh, it's just us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. We can't have like other people. I'm pretty I'm... sure every time we've played it, there's been a few other people. Really? Yeah, not like specific people, just kind of like filler people. Oh, I thought it was similar to the queen or for the queen, in which we're the only ones. I'm totally fine with it being just us. What do we want to do? Do you want there to be other people? No, just us is fine. I think the last time I played it, we played with like filler people, but that doesn't. We can, we can have filler people. No. I like it. No. I like just the three of <laughs> no, us. No, wait. No, I'm no. sorry. I didn't mean to... No, no, I didn't no. want to cut your, um, you your idea. Of, it wasn't an idea. It was an automatic response. I like the three of us moving. So the Magus meets you on the bridge. I am following behind the Magus, and I have, like, all of the supplies. I am our pack mule, essentially. And I think the Mag... You know, we, in, we meet each other. The Magus introduces us. And then... The Magus informs both of us that 
this journey is a secret journey and it will only be the three of us making this journey. And so we must move quickly and we must move without notice. And we need to move now. And we start heading off. So we come up to the Oak Hills to make camp. I help the Magus set up his little tent area camp situation. And the Magus kind of goes into seclusion a little bit. So as the Magus is going into seclusion, we're looking around and noticing how everything is starting to die around us. Oh. It's the end of summer. So leaves are turning yellow and brown and the grass is not growing as much and things are starting to get ready to start hiding for winter. Things are dying. Life is slowing down. I'm imagining these these vast hills, um, sort of like the green has turned to gold mm-hmm. um, as the grass is dying. Like, uh, dying. Um, and we're you said we're making camp? We're starting to we're make starting camp. We're starting to make camp? Yeah, like I set something up for the Magus right away, but we're starting to make camp. And we're heading east. So I guess like behind us, the sun is, is setting in uh, vibrant pinks and yellows. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, if that's what we're doing, let's do. I'm going to go to making camp, and so I think uh, Vago, because the Maga said that we needed to travel inconspicuously, has walked, um, has been walking, and I think he's like very tired of walking, um, and comes up to Fawn as she is setting up camp and I, I think maybe we haven't had like a chance to really talk um in the like hours maybe like day since we left uh raven hall but i think uh vago kind of like leans forward and goes what um what are you doing i'm making camp i'm setting up shelter and about to start a fire yeah uh, yeah uh, well I, I knew you were making camp i meant uh, what is that you're doing with those with those sticks. I'm about to make a fire. Have I, you never started a fire before? I've started plenty of fires, just never um, just never manually. I was wondering if I could maybe um I think I'm confused, but would you would you like to watch me yeah, start a fire? Um yes, I think that would be interesting. Do you would you mind? I, no. That's fine. I have a hard time believing you've never made a... F- How do you make your fires? Uh, well, with magic. Oh. But that's not really an option lately, so I've just been um, uh, just kind of cold. Well, hopefully you can learn to start a fire, I, I guess. First thing you need to do is have dry wood and set it up in a way that allows for oxygen to move through and well, I'll, I'll show you how to do this and I, I sh- show Vago. All right. I think um, we have this like fire uh, roaring um, or not roaring but crackling at the edge of the camp and uh, I think Vago looks at it and goes, interesting, very interesting. You made that happen from Nothing. There was nothing there, and now there is a living fire there. Well, there wasn't nothing. There were all of the ingredients. 
all of the parts were there. We just had to put them together in the correct way. Right, right. But where did the fire come from? From the spark. But where did the spark come from? These two rocks. Hmm. Interesting. So you're saying the rocks are magic? No, I'm saying that the rocks are natural. And when you hit two rocks together, there is naturally a spark. And that spark naturally starts a fire. Sometimes it needs a little help, but generally it starts a fire. Fire is natural. Fire is not magic. But magic is natural. Yes, for some. Yes, magic is natural. So it's almost as if if magic is just the natural spark that exists within things, and that's going away, uh, I think Vago looks at the fire and goes, I wonder what will happen if the sparks in the stones ever go away. I kind of want to end the scene there. I don't think Fawn would have any idea how to respond to that, so that makes sense. Uh, and uh, I actually, one of us get a trait for that. Wealthy, cunning, or kind. I think you could probably take cunning. You think I could take cunning? I, I don't know if Vago... Figuring out how to get me to teach you how to start a fire, having that conversation. I mean, I don't think it was very cunning to say, hey, will you teach me how to start a fire? But I do kind of, I want to take cunning. I think maybe just the way Vago is thinking about things might end up being cunning. Although now I'm wondering if Vago is, in, is just a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... No, I definitely... When I first started this, I wanted Vago to be, like, this angsty, angry, like, oh, I don't want to go on this trip. And now he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. This is interesting. And he's he's much more wide-eyed than I expected him to be when I chose his stuff. I didn't see him as being dumb. I saw him as being, like, he kind of knows how to start a fire, but he doesn't want to, like... He doesn't want to admit to knowing anything about it because then that would admit to knowing that he doesn't really know how to do it. But if he says he doesn't know how to do it at all, then any progress he shows makes it look like he's good at it. That was an interesting read. You said he was in his 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's 100% something I did in my 20s. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to do this. Can you show me? I 100% know how to do this. I've just never done it in person. So when mm. I do this in person, it looks like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. Okay. And this is my chance to practice. Fawn is on Harper's Road. Um, we made camp a little bit off the pathway, and Fawn is on watch while the Magus is has reclused himself and while you are doing whatever it is that you're doing. Flying. Um, I am guarding. I'm taking first watch. And I'm standing there, probably leaning on a tree, a, di- a dying tree because it is the end of summer and there's not much to look at no one is really traveling at this point in time and i kind of let my mom my mind wander and my mind wanders to my mom and i think about the last conversation that we had i was at home with my bag packed leaving to join the magus and my mom was not happy about it if you want to be my mom. Yeah. Fawn, I just don't understand why you're going so far away. If it wasn't for the Magus saving you, you would not be here now. I need to repay that debt. That's not fair, Fawn. Because the Magus saved me so that we could stay together, now you're going to separate us. 
The Magus didn't save you so that we could stay together. The Magus saved you because you're an important person to save. I have to repay that debt. The Magus hasn't even been seen in over a year. There, what, what do you expect to do for him in Ravenhall? I don't know, but if there's something that I can do, I will do. You are saved. You are alive right now because of the Magus. I can't live my life never having thanked the Magus appropriately. I have to give back. I have to, I have a life debt to the Magus and I have to repay it. You owe nothing to the Magus, Fawn. The reason I was in the mine that day was to gather materials for the wizards in Ravenhall and the things that they do. I was in the mines for the Magus. I got hurt because of the Magus. Just because the Magus saved me doesn't mean that you owe him anything. I don't want you to go, Fawn. I have to go, Mom. I can't stay here with this weight hanging over me. I have to go. And if it turns out to be nothing, then it's nothing, but I have to go. I think she lets out a, a, a deep sigh, and she walks over to you, and she hugs you. I hug her back really, really tight. I think I kind of push away from her and start making my way towards the door. Okay. Uh, she says, make sure you eat enough and write me letters. Absolutely, Mom. And be back soon. Stay safe. And then the door closes and I'm on my journey. Is there anything different about giant society from human society? Like anything specific to giant society? Or are they just big humanoids? Well, are we assuming that the human society here functions like the human society that we have now? I mean... In the Western Americas? No. Okay. no. I guess I'm just thinking like... If there's anything specific that any specific like giant customs or identities or anything. No, I don't think so. We can come up with stuff later. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe it's weird that I'm going off on my own. That might be a weird thing. Hmm. Yeah, you stay in. You're from Mistwood, right? Yeah, maybe giants are very clan, tribe, family hmm. oriented. Like you don't leave, you stay. Yeah. So maybe it's weird that I left. But I don't know that that's different from humans. Most humans, like right now, most humans don't live 50 miles away from where they grew up. That's yeah. a real fact. Well, yes. You also can't really say anything about most humans. Most Americans yeah, don't live more than 50 miles. I, you're right. I really can't say most humans. Most Americans don't live more than 50 miles away from where they grew up. So you tend to stay with your family. But maybe that's even more so true for giants. Like they're from Mistwood. They stay in Mistwood. Yeah. So then the group keeps making their way through the Oak Hills, um, and we see them traveling, the young Magus, uh, dwarfed by Fawn, who's carrying all of their supplies, uh, uh, Vago flying in the skies, this massive um, crow leaving a shadow. Um, oh man, that inconspicuous didn't last very long, did it? We got far away from Ravenhall. I think we see, like, the Magus, like, looking up at Fawn and talking, and we see them laugh. And in the distance, uh, we see, as the camera rises above the Magus and uh, and the rest of them, uh, over the hill is a large town with a castle on a hill. And this is Barleytown. We see the, uh, the trio 
be welcomed into the the grand hall of the barley town castle and the barley lord welcomes them in and the barley lord is this i think he's just this large portly gentleman um with a huge red beard and mustaches and they come to him, uh, his like long dining table with uh, these soft, warm lights um, flickering as uh, the sun has set. And uh, do you want to play the Barley Lord? Mm, sure. Greetings, greetings, hello, welcome to my wonderful town. Uh, and the maggot says, <laughs> I, um, the maggot says. It is a pleasure to be back in Barley Town once again. Barley Lord, thank you for inviting us in. Magus, it is always a pleasure to have you and your traveling companions. It is never an issue. Come on in. Um, I think we're all sitting down at this table. Um, and the Magus says, um, I hope you don't mind that I ask if you could please keep our visit a, uh, a secret. Please do not write to any of my attendants in Ravenhall that we've passed through your town. Magus, I don't think that's wise. I appreciate your concern, but as the Magus, I am on a very special job, and I assure you I have the full permission of the magicians university in Ravenhall. So the issue is more about making sure that I can travel safety, safely with my two companions. Well, you are most certainly safe here in Barleytown. However, I again don't think that this is wise. I will not notify them of you being here, but if I am asked, I will not lie. I think Vaga is definitely shooting the Barley Lord like kind of a look like, what are you, how, how, what are you doing? Talking to the Magus, talking back to the Magus. Um, I, it's a it's a ten year old kid. Yeah. Like regardless of Magus yeah. status, is a ten year old kid. So the Barley Lord's like. Um. What? How? What does Fawn think? Is Fawn on the Magus side or? The Fawn is always on the Magus side, but this isn't the Magus that saved her mom. So I mean, it's important that she saved the Magus, but it's not. Yeah. She's not gonna like defend him to the death, or maybe she will. I don't know. Um, but I think she she probably sits up a little straighter. I think the Magus says, uh, don't worry, you won't have to keep it a secret for long. We just are planning on staying a few days. All right. Well, if you need anything during that time, please let me know. I, I, I would be more than willing to help the Magus and any assistance that I could provide while you're on this journey of great importance, I would be happy to to provide for you. Thank you. Um, and I think they retire to, I think they get rooms in the Barleytown Castle. And uh, we have a few days in Barleytown to, uh, to get supplied for the longer leg of the journey ahead and do what we will. When did we arrive? During the daytime? Uh, we arrived in the evening and then I think we retired straight to the castle. We can retcon stuff though. No, no, no. I just wanted, I just wanted to make sure that I was remembering it correctly. So the next morning, um, Fawn heads over to the farmer's market very, very early. Um, so early in fact that people are still setting up their shops. 
Um, only a handful of shops are open, and that is done on purpose. Fawn draws a lot of attention. Obviously, she's head and shoulders above mm-hmm. the tallest man in town. And um, that would certainly make this secret journey much, much harder to accomplish, is if people started noticing the giant. So, well, here's a question to you. How does the general population feel about giants? I think, well, you said that people use giants for manual labor a mm-hmm. lot, right? I think the general consensus is that giants are big and kind of simple folk. Okay. Right? Like giants are, they're big and they're nice enough. They don't got a lot going on. Yeah. They, just, they don't got a lot going on. Okay. So people probably underestimate giants a lot. Yeah, I okay. think so. So Fawn is going to the market, and feel free to play the market people and the vendors as I stop. But I think Fawn stops and, you know, picks up wares, um, you know, food and such. But she stops at this one stall that sells fruit and exotic fruit. And she sees a fruit that she hasn't seen in a very, very long time. And it's a fruit she had when she was a child. I'm thinking something like big, like a jackfruit, but that's not like a very sweet fruit. Something that tastes like a pineapple, but it's massive. Okay. That's what I'm kind of picturing. And so she's kind of, she's stopped. This is the first stall that she's kind of stopped and browsed at. And she's, she's picking one up and she's looking at it. And she is essentially deciding... If this is something that they need, do you need sweet, happy things on this journey? Or do you just need the bare necessities? And so I think she asks the vendor, what, what is this fruit? Oh, oh, darling, this is a, I think the woman like takes it from Fawn and like sets it back down. This is a, we had this uh, imported from the South. It's a, it's probably i I don't, I don't think you need this can i can i interest you in some apples you know they, they taste good and they're they're good for you and and these will these will do you right well we also have some some uh oats if you want some oats and some grains those will those will help help you get through this uh the, you, you don't want this you don't want this this is imported this is this fancy stuff here's some, you got the your uh not like meat and potatoes, but your apples and oats right here. <laughs> well, I already have my apples and oats. Thank you. I was, But I was wondering about this fruit. What can you tell me about this fruit? You said it comes from the south. Is is it hard to grow? Are there many of them? Uh, well, um, these these don't go, grow around here. They're, they're pretty common uh, to the islands in the south. But uh, it's a nice fruit. It's sweet. People like to make cakes out of it. Um, it's uh, it's good for good for bacon, good for syrups, and good for drinks. Um, but you know, it's big, it's spiky, it's expensive. It's kind of, you know, it, it it ain't really. It's for um, people who like fancy things. Have you ever had one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes my husband makes cakes out of them. Are they good? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're real good. I'll take two. And now Fawn is like giving her death <laughs> death eyes. I'll take two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be uh, 20 Electrum. <laughs> and I think um, Fawn hands it over and 
takes the fruit and immediately is like, I did not need these. I shouldn't have spent the money on these. I don't need these. But one, she couldn't give up the opportunity to kind of stick it to the man. You sometimes need a little vengeance, a little bit of vengeance on these long journeys. You need a little something. But I think Fawn's getting excited about kind of the pleasantries of this journey. Because it was very, she's the pack mule and people look down on her and no one's really going to give her credit for anything. But this fruit, she knew what it was going in and Mm -hmm. she has happy memories with it. And it is a sweet thing and it is a fun thing about this journey. She wouldn't have seen it if she hadn't left. It was an oddity that it came to Mistwood the one time it did. While she regrets spending as much as she did on these two fruits, she's kind of excited that she has them and can and is hoping to bring a little joy to both Raven and the Magus. This is a long, hard journey that they're on, and it has not been pleasant so far. Can I retcon something about Vago? Sure. Um, I think we said that Vago, or in Ravenhall, I said that Vago was like a messenger and traveled a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think Vago has ever actually left Ravenhall, actually. Could that be Vago's, like, goal, though, is to be the messenger and to be the traveler? Yeah, I think I think Va- I think think he was maybe a courier within the city mm. of Ravenhall. Okay. But never actually left Ravenhall. And I think, yes, I do think that he wants to travel more. But I think he's always been scared to travel more. Mm. Like, I think maybe he has been to Barleytown, but probably not. Maybe he's, like, gone to the Oak Hills around Ravenhall, but... Um, but that's probably but it. But that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of, like, his... Not hypocrisy, but, like, the... His lie? No, just that he has these wings to fly, and he's too scared to take them far. Mm, okay. And that's... Uh, let's go to Oak Island, a happy memory. Vago's flying over Barleytown, uh, and he's flying over the markets and the hills, and he uh, flies over this flies over this lake um, that has this this massive uh, this this thick wooded forest, um, and I think he comes in for a landing, uh, and I think he like actually like lands in the trees, and he just kind of like he lands in the trees and as we see like this huge bird enter the canopy the camera then like moves to this young man just like sitting with his uh with his legs dangling off of a thick tree branch and he's looking around uh and he can smell like the river around the island and the the smell of the oak and the peat at the base and i think he think he's thinking about when he was brought to the Magician's University. He came to the Magician's University when he was probably just a little bit younger or around the same age as the Magus is. And they started teaching him, Vago, magic. And before that, he was just kind of a waif on the streets of Ravenhall without opportunity or guidance and he never thought he would be he never thought he would leave Ravenhall or like see the natural world or learn about how these things like new 
types of magic, like mm-hmm. the the sparks and the stones. And he's thinking about, I think the happy memory is doing well in school. Um, I think there were like a, there was a small group of children uh, who were taken in by the university, and I think they were being. We see them in classrooms being taught by like professors and Vago is doing well and he's getting good marks and then he is given like artifacts to test out and try out and then one of these artifacts is this magnificent shining black cloak that allows him to turn into a giant raven and I think we end the scene with him uh, sitting in this branch uh, kicking his legs as the sunlight glitters through the leaves of the oaks. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is going to be a several episode game so i hope you guys stick with us for it we want to give a special thank you to zach b our editor and producer he first of all lent us this game so thank you very much this wouldn't be possible without you um and he is the reason you're not hearing a whole lot of like pausing and coins dropping and stuff like that so if you don't hear coins dropping thank you zach b we also want to thank in love with ghost for the use of their song chilling at nemu's place off of the album healing you can find in love with the ghost at in love with please make sure that you find us and rate to us and subscribe to us on itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts it means a whole lot to us and it helps other people find us This week, we actually have two new reviews on iTunes. Thank you all so much. Uh, The first is from MikeyGH2, who said, Start for the indie RPGs, stay for the cool world building and neat stories. The second one is from El Ninbo. I'm sure I pronounced that super bad, but that's what we have. Um, Who said that the Segedanza campaign is a true work of creative art. And that we have smart storytelling and deep emotional gameplay. That means a whole lot. So thank you so much to both of you, to both Alinbo and to MikeyGH2. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts. And make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. I know we're not super active on the Facebook or the Instagram, and that's possibly... I was trying to figure out how I wanted to end that statement, because it could have been probably or possibly. I went possibly. Anyway, that's possibly my fault, because I'm bad at social media. But, you know, one day I'll get better, and I'll probably post a meme or two in the next couple days. Don't worry about it. You'll see some stuff. Follow us. Uh, We are trying to get more active on the Instagram. We're very active on Twitter. Please follow us. We would love to talk to you and chat about uh, whatever on Twitter. Um, Trying to get more active on the Instagram. So uh, follow us there, and we would love to hear from you. 
We want to send a very, very special thank you to our patrons for allowing us to keep this show going. If you would like to become a patron of this show, please find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us maintain it and get better at it every single week while also getting some really cool stuff like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly campfire pod, and other special things. Every dollar and every retweet and every talk about us or whatever makes a huge, huge difference. This week, we want to give a very special thank you to patron of our hearts, Michael Herman. Thank you, Michael, for your support and patronage. It means the world to us. Thank you all again for joining us for Fall of Magic today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one. 